So I'm sharing this with with anyone that are thinking about writing a book or just getting their ideas out on paper. So if you're interested, then you can listen. If not, then you can skip this series. But this is part of the learning journey series that we're just here talking about behind the scene experiences right now with us. So we wrote, wrote this first book. And here are some of the challenges that I had. First thing, I had to take on this role of of being an author. The idea that I'm going to be an author and what it's going to take. But I'm going to explain it this way because in the book we talk about ego. And ego is an acronym stand for equal Gus objective and Gus is an acronym for God universe source. So equal Gus objective. So that's the ego. And ego really means you know, if you think of whatever that comes after the word I am, then that's your ego. So my new ego was being an author. I am an author. Now I felt like an imposter when I first claimed that role. Because writing was one of the areas in my life that I I felt like it was my Hercules heels. Like the first thing I can do was write. I didn't good I wasn't good at it. I sucked at it. But they say that any problem that frustrates you, don't leave you alone, you was born to solve. And I was I was born to master the art of writing. So I decided I'm gonna be I'm, I'm become an author. And while I was on that journey researching that process, because I've been reading books since 2016, that's when I really started doing a lot of reading and listening to books. And I decided I'm gonna I'm gonna master this this state I call the state of authorship. So to master the state, I do a lot of research. I had to look into a lot of people that was playing that same role that was the ego as far as their title in the world. They were authors. And I remember listening to John Maxwell. And he was talking about how he write a lot of books. And I was like, this guy write a lot of books. He put notebooks frequently. But one thing he said that really stuck with me. He was like, what I do is I create little folders or something like that. But what he did is he, he collect, he reads a lot of books too, and he collects notes from those books and he organized them. So when he start write, he doesn't really fall into that what we call a writer's block because he has a lot of a lot of information that he collected to go back to and kind of triggers ideas in his own brain. So I listened to him, I was like, wow, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. So when I started listening to a lot of books, I started I started with a notepad, I started taking notes in there, and then I and I shift over to Google Documents. But what I do is I, I, I relentlessly take a lot of notes. If I, something jumps out at me in the book, I automatically write it down. And I build the habits of just writing down, taking notes, writing down stuff. And then I figure out how to reframe him. And the reframing came from when I was listening to Dan Sullivan on his podcast. He was talking about, and Dan Sullivan, he has the coaching organization called Strategic Coach. And he was talking about how he improved his writing by, he takes some of what Shakespeare wrote and then he rewrites them. And he rewrites them to retrain his brain to kind of write in the, the simple concept that Shakespeare wrote in. And I was like, ah, interesting. So then from that concept, 
I was like, okay, so first thing I got to take notes. And then second thing, I got to write in the language of other people that I admire that write very well. I got to write what they write. Then I got to reframe it into my own words. And once I write what they wrote, then it changed my brain to keep writing, keep writing. And then after a while, I can create from that notes that I've taken. And the reframing process came in play because I switched up my writing style. And most self-help books are written in, in, in the second person mostly or the third person. So I was like, okay, so there's a lot of books that are written in first person, but if you reframe them to second person, they sound a little bit different. Or you reframe them in the third person, they sound a little bit different. So I was like, okay, cool. That's another way of looking at it. So I came up with what I call the 5C complex, which I wrote about in the book as well. Well, the 5C complex basically means that I, I collect, then I copy, then I create, then I clarify, and then I celebrate. So I collect a lot of content from other people. I copy what they did that, 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 that resonate with me, the stuff that I find that are valuable, that align with my values. I collect, I, co I copy those. And then from then, I use what I copy to create something of my own. And once I create something of my own, I use it to clarify the things I want to put out in the world. And it gives me clarity. And once I get that clarity, I can celebrate. So now that 5C complex come into play. And sometimes people are resist the idea of copying. And we are notorious for copying. Like this is one of the reasons why the human species dominate the planet so much because we we copy from other people. Like a baby does a lot of copying. And the baby you would never dies is always there. So you're always copying. But sometimes people say, don't copy me. And you might feel a negative resentment towards you. You might feel like, oh, you're copying somebody, but you're always copying. So then, but when you with things you copy, it helps you activate the experience of what that thing feels like within you. And once you have that experience within you, then you can use that awareness now that, that that's awakening, you know, and you can create something of your own. And that's the process I've used to work on writing books. And my goal is to is to write 86 books by my 86th birthday. So I have 43 years to write another 85 books. So now I'm I'm determined to master the art of being an author of writing. The state of authorship, I intend to master it. And I have 86 books to do it. Or now 85 books. So that 86th book, oh, it's going to be masterful. But until then, I'm going to keep working on my craft. And working on this book, I swear to God, I had to stop writing it. I had to stop. I had to stop somewhere because every time I write, I read it, I have something to improve on it. And that's what happens when you're learning so fast and learning so much in life. Um, in the space of writing right now for me is is every time I read the thing, I feel like I can make it better. So now I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to read this book anymore. I'm done. Like, it's done. Because every time I look at it, my, my, my state of consciousness has been elevated so much. Therefore, that thinking about the ideas in it, I can, I can expand. I can make it even better because I'm thinking even more elevated. So that's part of the process that kind of, I've went through as far as getting started and working on it, going through it and feeling confident because every time you create a new ego, by the way, and earlier I say whatever comes after the word I am is your ego. So you're going to, you're going to create new egos in life. And every time you create a new one, you're going to feel like an imposter because 
For example, when I created Ego of Being an Author, now, I assumed that role, I claimed it, but now when I compare it to other, to other authors, I feel like I wasn't good enough to claim that role. And that's what happens when you do create new, uh, new egos. It's going to feel like it's not good enough compared to what's out there already. But then you got to tell yourself that, hey, I'm here to master it. So now I'm going to experiment. I'm going to do things so I can learn from the feedback I'm getting from it so I can make sure this role I'm qualified to, 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 to embrace or claim this role. And that's what happens. Some people, a lot of time you feel like an imposter because, or you feel like you're not good enough because you just create a new ego. You create a new role you got to play in life. And then you got you to gotta educate yourself into it. And I've been reading a lot of books. And just for, for who doesn't know this, so the challenge that I started in 2016 was I'm going to read or listen, read and listen to 100 books each year and 1,000 books in 10 years. Now, I've developed, I've developed this habit of reading and listening to books. And I don't think that thing going to go away. But by doing that, I'm always finding content to reframe, to fill in the blank spaces of the things I want to I wanna frame and capture. So now writing books, I don't think I have writer's block. My biggest challenge in writing is organizing. And I'll tell you why this is the case, because I am, I am ADD and I'm dyslexic. So what that means is, I can look at chaos and it makes sense to me. I get it when I look at chaos. But when I look at something organized very well, I don't get it. Sometimes that's a feeling I have. So I see chaos and and I get it. I see something very organized, I don't get it. And the reason why I don't get it because in that space, because I'm, I'm such a creative mind, is when it's very organized, there's nothing for me to do there. Like, there's nothing for me there. So I don't see anything there. I don't see the opportunity there when it's very organized. But when it's chaotic, I'm like, yes, I get it. So sometimes in my earlier part in my life, what I created for me was <laughs> I unconsciously create chaos in my earlier part of my life. And the reason why I create chaos, because in chaos, my brain works. My brain works very well in chaos. I can create from that space. But then I realized that in a world of industrialized structures and a lot of structures, people want organized structures. They want that. And that's okay because that's all you communicate with people. You can relate to people, you can connect to people because something organized, they can follow. But then in, in the wild, in the world, in the wildness of the world, it is chaotic. And my brain functions very well in it. And you might be one of the same way too. And you might wonder why in chaos, you feel at home, but in a very organized situation, you feel <laughs> you feel like you need to find a place to exile yourself to because it, you just don't fit in it. So that was part of the process. So then I learned um, one of my 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 issues with with being organized is that I didn't know I didn't notice in the initial when I started writing books. I didn't notice that that editors was there to help you really organize your ideas. And the reason why I didn't write and share my writing earlier in my in my my youth because my grammar my grammar sucked. I didn't have very good grammar, and I used to like I'm not sharing what I'm thinking with nobody because my grammar sucked. But then I learned about editors. Like you would you would think 
everybody should know this, but I didn't know it. I didn't know that some of the things that some of the authors I look up to had the same problem with grammar where an editor came in and helped them organize the thing to match the English language rules. Because I grew up in Jamaica. I mean, I learned English growing up, but we speak something else. And sometimes you don't follow the rules of the English language. You just follow the rules of your culture. But then when you get to a place where those rules are ne- are needed and you never practice them, then you feel like you had a deficit. So I didn't practice the rules of the English language. I mean, I didn't do so well at it in school either because I was dyslexic and ADD. So symbols and words and stuff like that wasn't something that I get excited about. So I didn't put a lot of effort into it. I just did what I need to do to get through. But now I decided I'm going to master the art of writing. Now it becomes something important. So that was part of the the learning journey here. And thinking about, well, the book is, is really going after helping people think about their thinking. And you might have heard the term, think about your thinking. And when you think about it, it might just seems, oh yeah, just think. But it's not really just that. So to think about your thinking is to think about your belief system. So you're thinking, but then you got to think about your thinking. And what think what <laughs> what you need to think about is your belief system. Because that's what you think through. Like most of the things that you process through life, you process through your belief system. So then think about your belief system. And think how you can think differently through another belief system that will give you a different a different um, effect. And oftentimes people have an effect in their life and they're wondering why am I having these effects in my life? And the cause of that effect is your belief system. Your belief system often often is the cause. So you have the cause and effect in your life. You want to like, what's the cause? Why, why am I doing this? It's your belief system. Because that is where you take a lot of the action in life. So think about your thinking. Think about your belief system. Now this book, Turn Your Traumas Into Treasure, it is out. It is on Amazon. Now what's available right now, because it, it comes out on June 10th, that's the actual date, but you can you can purchase a Kindle copy uh, up to that point. The hardcover, soft copy, and uh, the paperback, soft copy, and hardcover, it won't be out until the 10th. So you guys can look out for that. But there's some value in this book for you. There's some value in this book for you. And turn your traumas into treasure. Let's simplify that. Because we're living up in an automatic trauma world. This automatic trauma happens. Either you physically experience it or, or you experience it vicariously, vicariously through the, the, the media or just other people in your life. And oftentimes you got those major and minor traumas that happens to you. But it, but you solve them the same way. You solve your major and your minor the same way. It's all about the narrative framework that left after the, the, the incident or the experience happened. And the experience happens and then you create a story for it. And oftentimes you create a story that sometimes awfulizes that, that experience when you can actually reframe that into something that's beneficial for you. But if you if all you think about is what value you lost from that experience, then you won't see the value it's going to add to you in the future. 
because we look at life sometimes in the means of of a fast growing tree. Like we want to see everything instantly. And we don't think about those slow growing trees. You know, that acorn you plant that turned to that big oak tree that take a long time to grow. Meaning that you gotta you gotta water it a lot. And that means you gotta water your trauma. And your trauma could be your disability disorder, anything that create a a disadvantage for you that you've hide away, you've locked it in what I call you locked it in a vault and you protect it. You set up security to protect it. You hide it from the world. But your empowerment is in those traumas. Because they awaken a state in you that you need to pay attention to. And if you sit down and think about those experiences, you can make them into treasure. You can find value in them. Because oftentimes people will value those experiences because they themselves, especially young, somebody that's younger than you or somebody that haven't ex- had that experience yet, they are living in fear of it happening to them. But if you can share that and share the lessons you learn from it, they will find value. And once they find value, you find value as well. That's why sometimes people say when you help other people going through the same struggle you're going through, you feel a relief because it's not just for you. It's for them as well. So back to writing the book, the journey, the learning journey of writing the book. It wasn't easy. But when I, once I finished it, the feeling that came about was, it's like giving birth. If I give birth to that idea, it, it's out of me now. And now I, I get to put it out there in the world, get it out in the world for other people to experience it. So if you find value in this conversation right now that I'm having with you, then let us know. Let us know. So I'll be sharing a lot of this, just me talking to you right now. Because my co-host, Lavinia, she's working on some stuff. You guys tracking from the from the first when we first started the podcast. She was living in Romania at the time. But now she moved to the United States. She's trying to get her business up and running. So she spent a lot of time getting that stuff off the ground. So I'm holding on to fort until we can all get together and work on sharing ideas and talk about life. And like I mentioned earlier, I'm big on philosophy, psychology, and metaphysics. Those are three areas that I feel like I'm here to master. Like I'm here to to share with the world because my brain works when it comes to thinking through those three lenses. If that resonates with you, my friend, link up. With that, make it an awesome day.